Some of you are going to find this a bit incredulous, but here's something that federal, state, and local governments all tell us to do that we should actually listen to. Eat more fruits and vegetables. You've heard about the health benefits of increasing plant-based nutrients into your diet, but how can you easily consume all the fruits and veggies needed? Well, it's easy. By adding Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity into your meals. Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity is a power blend that has 31 fruits and vegetables in every scoop. Organic vegetables, super greens, super fruits, and super sprouts. It is fortified with essential vitamins plus an immunity boost. And right now, you can get a free two-week supply of Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity by just paying $8.95 for the shipping and handling. And not only that, you'll also get a free frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to grownamericansuperfood.com forward slash John and order today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at bite.com. Bite Clear Liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. Serious XM Progress. Good Monday evening to you, or happy Tuesday morning, whether you're listening live or on demand. I'm John Fugel saying this is Progress After Dark. Welcome to it, especially in L.A., where it's West Coast friends. It's not dark yet, I know. We are so glad to have you with us for the next couple of hours. we got a great one planned tonight. We are coming at you live from New York City. That's where Thea Harper and I are. Our great producer, Chris Household, is in South Carolina for the next three hours. We're going to be coming at you with a lot of... Wow, we got we got some good good show tonight. What happened? We got really good people tonight. Uh, comedian Rhonda Handsome will be with us very shortly uh, in the second hour, taking your calls. So a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, uh, it, just a few things to go over in the news. We'll also be joined by Monifa Bandele, who is um, here to talk about whew, a subject that we don't talk about too much. Uh, black Mortality Month for uh, for women. The rates of black women's mortality and childbirth are astonishingly high. America has the highest numbers of anyone in the developed world, and those rates got even worse during the pandemic. Maternal deaths in the U.S. rose 40 percent in 2021. It's a public health crisis. It is institutionalized racism. It goes after the poorest among us. And no one's talking about it. But Bonifa Bandley is. She is senior VP at Moms Rising. She will be here later in the show. If you're listening on demand or on the app or on the John Fugelsang podcast, uh, we salute you. You can feel free to write us anytime at our Facebook or our Twitter. Our thanks, as always, to uh, Dino Badala and his excellent staff for the wonderful lead-in we have. And uh, well, we got a lot to get to tonight. Oh, my God. It's kind of crazy out there. I mean, let's begin. They, they got the heat dome. It's getting hotter and hotter in this country. It's terrifying. Um, you have Elon Musk went ahead and changed the logo of Twitter to an X. 
from the famous Bluebird, which is the latest big chain since he bought the social media platform last year. It, it, it's he, He's changed the name. He's killed the logo. He's driven away all the influencers. He'll never make his money back. And now tweets are to be called Zeets. Zeets. X-E-E-T. Yeah, that's, it's a Zeet. I tried it. It's jitty. Also, did, did you see Barbie? Did you see Oppenheimer? Did you see them both? People are back in movie theaters in record numbers this weekend. These two films way outperformed all the projections. With the strike going on, it's the best weekend movie theaters have had since the pandemic began, except for Ben Shapiro, the noted alpha male. Uh, you might have heard about this. He set some dolls on fire on a grill of Barbie because a movie for girls about female empowerment triggered his very fragile manhood. But let's get to the real story. Uh, Greg Abbott, as you know by now, governor of Texas, revoltingly false Christian, someone who is very practiced at performative cruelty. How mean can we be to powerless people? Because weak men believe that's how you get votes. And maybe it is from weak people. But he's placed these razor-wrapped barrels in the Rio Grande to trap and drown families. These wrecking ball-sized buoys in this 1,000-mile-long barrier. It's part of what Greg calls Operation Lone Star. And it's his plan to make sure that anyone who's trying to cross the Rio Grande to legally seek asylum or to try to get work in this country will instead be shredded to bits by razor wire if they don't drown first. And don't worry, uh, they're drowning. Now, you, we talked about this last week with the whistleblower, because officers working for Governor Abbott's border security initiative were ordered to push small children and nursing babies back into the Rio Grande River, according to an email from a trooper who said, I believe we have stepped over a line into the inhumane. The whistleblower said it, they really were ordered to push people holding babies back into the river to cross the barbed wire again and swim away, and to deny water to any humans suffering in this heat. <laughs> so what's Greg proving is that he can kill Texans in winter cold, and he can kill Mexican folks in summer heat. These migrants are exhausted. They're ready to drop. You know this. They're being pushed back into the river at the risk of drowning, and some of them are. Uh, a 19-year-old pregnant girl was trapped in the razor wire last week, and it caused her to miscarry. A four-year-old girl fainted after being pressed back by Texas National Guard soldiers. Uh, a 15-year-old migrant boy broke his leg after he and his father tried to cross an unsafe part of the river because the razor wire was even more unsafe. Now, you hear these stories, and there's two kinds of Americans that'll respond. One will say, holy shit, that's insane. You're torturing. These people are... They're, they're literally crossing the river, trying to have a better life, trying to escape the violence of our drug war in Central America, and you're shredding them. That, that's, not the, that's not the solution to this problem. Or your response is, yes, USA, USA. Like most humanitarian issues, either you have empathy or, you know, you're a jingoistic white nationalist Trump supporter who just doesn't care because they're just not human. Now, no one is saying that immigration isn't a problem that needs solving. But these people are not enemies. They are not terrorists. They are not violent combatants in the field. These are mostly women and children. They are seeking asylum. Many of them seeking asylum from horrific gang violence brought about by our drug war. They're human beings. Do we, ha do we have to lose our humanity? 
does everyone have to look at the inhumane, barbaric ways of Greg Abbott and say that's the way to do it? Because, you know, look, you could fight to end the drug war and legalize everything. And if our drug war goes away (laughs) and the underground economy part goes away, you'll watch a lot of these cartels try to find new jobs selling Bitcoin in the next five years. And of course, there's one thing that could be done right now within our own borders to end undocumented immigration. Republicans don't want to do it. It's nonviolent. It works. It's the one thing that would work. Republicans won't touch it. Democrats won't either. But we'll get to that in a moment. So Greg Abbott has decided to create a humanitarian crisis of his own with this inhumane treatment of humans during record heat waves with razor wire. Texas State Senator Roland Gutierrez says it's torture. What's happening at the border right now is criminal. And the U.S. Department of Justice warned Governor Abbott that this was against the law. And they they said it's serious risks to public safety. And the DOJ told Greg Abbott there's real humanitarian concerns and real environmental concerns with what you're doing. It's also a public waterway that goes both ways. You got to stop. But of course, Greg Abbott being Greg Abbott, he's not going to stop. Why? To work with Democrats to make a problem better? That's not how Republicans get elected anymore. Working with Democrats to make problems get solved is how Republicans get primaried in this America. Because if you commit the crime of working with a Democrat to solve problems, then you're a rhino and you got to go. That's the never ending paradox of Republicans. Now, if they do their job, they lose their job. So the DOJ is suing Texas as of today over their use of these floating barbed wire barriers in the Rio Grande which the governor has said is intended to deter migrants from crossing into the state from Mexico. Because look at all these people that have been shredded to bits. See, it's humane. Here's Corrine Jean-Pierre today in the White House press briefing room commenting on this legal battle brewing between Texas and the DOJ regarding these harsh border control tactics. About these unlawful actions and the letter very clearly spells out all the ways in which the governor has broken the law. What is preventing the federal government from removing the river barriers. Why is this a legal matter? Well, first I'm going to let the Department of Justice speak to this. And look, uh, the governor's action is making it difficult to access the river, uh, patrol the area, that's what he's doing, uh, and arrest individuals who attempt to enter the country unlawfully. That's what it, that's what his actions is actually preventing. And so those are unlawful. Those are unlawful actions that are not helpful and is undermining what the president has put forward and is trying to do. That's what we're seeing. But I'm going to let the Department of Justice uh, speak to the legalese piece of this, uh, and they will certainly uh, speak more in detail about what is uh, what how they see themselves moving forward. And I understand that, but I mean, if the, the barriers are you know, unlawfully there in the river, why not instruct the Army Corps of Engineers to move them? I'm not going to speak to uh, what uh, what we're going to what's going to be instructed of the Army Corps engineers. What we're speaking to is the unlawful actions that the that the governor is taking and how the Department of Justice is going to move forward. Anything related to that, certainly, I would refer you to uh, Homeland Security. Okay, <laughs> so the lawsuit filed by the DOJ calls for Texas to remove that 1,000 foot long line of bright orange wrecking ball sized buoys wrapped in razor wire because they pose humanitarian and environmental concerns, according to the administration, because they do. But but the suit also, as you heard, says that Texas broke the law, installing this barrier without getting permission near the border city Eagle Pass. So this is what Texas is doing, right? Again, there's something that could be done 
to stop all border crossings that wouldn't be violent, but they won't do that. We'll get to that in a minute. In the meantime, it's razor wire fencing, arrest of migrants on trespassing charges, and then transporting busloads of asylum seekers to Democratic-led cities in other states. It's all theater, except real theater creates jobs. But did you know this? The illegal border crossings just went in June to their lowest level in two years. Border officials apprehended 99,545 individuals between the ports of entry at the U.S.-Mexico border just last month. It's the first time this figure has fallen below 100,000 since February of 2021. A record 2.4 million migrants were apprehended at the southern border in the last fiscal year. Just two months ago, all of our Republican friends were saying, oh, Title 42 is going to expire. Biden's going to see this huge surge of illegal immigrants crossing the border, this invasion. Blah, blah, blah. It never happened. The Biden administration did their homework. They prepared. They made sure it didn't happen. The right wing, having been proven wrong, says squirrel and moves on to more bullshit. But they're wrong. They keep being proven wrong. Here is Kamala Harris speaking at a Latino leadership conference and campaign fundraiser in Chicago over the weekend. And, and uh, the vice president under, underscores this point. There is nothing the executive branch can do on immigration that would be as effective as if Congress decided to do anything. On our first day in office, the first bill President Biden introduced was for immigration reform. And while we will fight to support immigrants and to protect DACA recipients, there is no substitute for action by Congress. Congress must create a pathway to citizenship for dreamers, individuals with temporary protected status, and for farm workers. And how can we make this problem go away? Well, I ain't that smart, but I've said it on this show many times. If you want undocumented immigration to stop, it's really simple. And I'll say it for the hundredth time. There is no wall you can build at our southern border that is tall enough to hide the gigantic neon help wanted sign at our southern border. They keep crossing the border because we keep dangling the jobs. It is supply and demand. If we stop dangling the jobs and hiring them, they would stop crossing. Because over here, you know, a lot of us don't like paying Americans a living wage. We'd rather pay someone who's undocumented under the table, below the poverty line, for them to do desperate backbreaking labor. It's a cruel, nasty, shitty, ungodly system. And it's gone on for years. And these right-wingers, especially in Florida, you heard Ron DeSantis' winged monkeys talk about it last week. He doesn't really mean agricultural workers need to leave the state. The Republicans could start locking up the Americans doing the hiring. So could the Democrats. Just start putting them in jail. If you hire an undocumented nanny, a groundskeeper, construction worker, whatever, the delivery guy for your restaurant, anyone who's undocumented, boom, you're in jail. Let's go a step better. Did you know undocumented immigrants commit crimes at a lower rate than natural born citizens? So do legal immigrants. Both kinds commit a lower rate of crime than natural born citizens. You know why? Fear of deportation. So here's a crazy idea. Why don't we start threatening to deport all the Americans who hire undocumented people? You know what'll happen? You know what'll happen? No one who's not a citizen who's undocumented will be able to get work anywhere in this country. 
the jobs will dry up. They will go back. And you know what's going to happen then? A salad's going to cost you $60. Now, that might not bother Trump supporters. Most of them don't eat too many salads. But it would crash our economy. Look, the dirty, rotten truth of America's economy is it's always depended on exploited labor. Going back to slavery. Going back to the Chinese people who built our railroads. Going back to women in the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory. Swindling and cheating hardworking people, especially if they're non-white, especially if they're marginalized. That's the American way. It's the dirty secret that's always propped up our economy, and we still do it. We didn't end slavery. We outsourced it to China. So if you want immigration that's illegal to stop, start throwing white people who hire in jail. It is the only thing that will stop it, folks. But they won't do that. And you know why? They don't want to stop it. Wall Street doesn't want to stop it. Wealthy people don't want to stop it. Fleecing marginalized labor with below poverty line wages so you can save a buck? That's the American way. Republicans won't change it. And ask your Republican friends. Introduce this idea to them. Most of your Republican friends and loved ones aren't millionaires. So when they hear this, they'll say, oh, that's a good idea. But Donald Trump has been hiring undocumented people since the 80s. Polish workers who were not documented built Trump Tower. He's literally hired undocumented people in two different centuries. The Republican Party is not going to do anything about undocumented immigration because they don't care. Greedy people like the system the way it is. And besides, what would Republicans do if illegal immigration stopped? They can't use abortion anymore. How would they get votes from racists? Transgender children are only so scary. No, it's not going to stop, folks. It's not going to change. When we are old, our grandkids are middle-aged, this will still be going on. And they will still be using it to scare white people. Because that's all it's about. They could stop it. They don't want to stop it. They need it. There's no other fucking reason to vote for a Republican unless you're scared at this point. Or greedy. That's it. If you're scared, racist, or greedy, you've got a good reason to go for this party. But if you need help with health care, student loans, hmm? If your neighborhood's got pollution, they don't want to hear from you. It's going to continue. The only difference will be by 2045, white people are going to be in a minority position in this country. And then they're going to get really crazy. We want to know what you guys think. What should be done with the undocumented, with the people I call Christian refugees? Because that's what they are. When they come over to this country and they're Muslim, we call them Muslim refugees. But when they're actual Christians at our southern border, who happen to be brown, you should call them Christian refugees just to offend the revoltingly fake Christian conservatives in your life. Again, the Bible has one rule and only one rule about borders or immigration. You are commanded in the Old and New Testament to welcome the stranger. It's a good thing Republican Christians have never read the Jesus parts of the Bible. Let's get to you guys. Hello to Martha in Wisconsin. Good evening and welcome. So, like, we were separated at birth, only I was probably your mother or your aunt <laughs> or your grandmother. <laughs> well, right <laughs> on. So right, you know. Hit him in the checkbook. You know, I've been in business uh, for myself, self-employed, for 30, 40 years now. And the best way to get action, I think Richard Nixon was the one that coined the phrase, you hit him in the checkbook and their hearts and minds will follow. Hmm. So, yeah, I'm all for fines and 
uh, and bringing down the hammer on these employers that, you know, lure these people to this country with promises of work. And then, um, yeah, you know, we take their children away and torture them. So, you yeah, get it. I'm with yep. you. Yeah. What, yeah, I, I'm totally with you on that. What I wanted to ask you about is um, I've, got, I've got a choice to make here, John, and I've been listening to your show now for about three months. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Are you okay, Martha? I apologize for all no, of that. I, I, I mean no. none of it, just so you know. I mean none of it. I'm actually a very no, no. right-wing person. Go, go on. No, now you <laughs> sit down and listen to your Aunt Martha here. <laughs> I am smitten. I am smitten. I am taken with you, and you Thank and you. I are going to go forward with this. Oh. Here in Wisconsin, there's a state law that says that no county or municipality can regulate firearms. And I've been listening to your show, and one reason I think we're separated at birth is somebody talked about Manaqua Brewing the other day. Yeah, that's and, John uh, Nichols. I, I, that's the great John Nichols. Yes. And I'm way behind these folks, and they're looking at, they're being politically persecuted. So your listeners in Wisconsin need to get behind this brewing company and go to bat for yes. them. But anyway, what I wanted to talk to you about, what's taken me to, what I'm so smitten with you is your take on Joe <laughs> Biden and the ageism. Oh, now, yeah. I adore Ben Whitler. I adore Ben Whitler here in Wisconsin in the Democratic Party, but I'm worried about this whole party politics thing. What do you now, I signed up, you know, to work for Mandela Barnes yeah. to be the senator. Had we gotten 200 more votes in every county, Mandela Barnes would have been our senator. Yeah. And I headed up, I'm over 50, and I headed up a group of people, seniors, you know, older folks that wanted to help. We mm-hmm. do what's called relational organizing. Unfortunately, this is the, like the wave of the future now. And, and I thought I could get a sympathetic ear talking to you and get your take on this. Tell me. These ty- types of apps and things that get out, to get out the vote. Um, you know, seniors are the oldest voting group uh, over yes. 50 in Wisconsin and nationwide. Mm-hmm. And they want to get out the vote. And we really need to do this with the threat to Social Security, the threat to Medicare, the threat to democracy. I mean, I let's agree. just be honest. I agree. So I need your help. I need I need to reach out. I feel powerless. I have no voice. I have no money. But I have you. You sound pretty so, awesome to me. What, 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 how can I help? What do you what do you what do you ask okay, about? John, what we need to do is we need to get everybody who wants to do get out the vote efforts to realize that the senior vote is huge, especially yes. here in Wisconsin. Yeah. And what we need to do is these folks that are doing these relational organizing apps like Empower, all these apps, they're wonderful, but they insist that you sign up 25 people. Well, seniors don't know 25 I understand. people. I understand. You know? yes. And their pool of friends is dwindling. So we need a way to empower senior citizens, because when I go to my little Dunn County here in, in Menominee, Wisconsin, my Dunn County Democratic Party, you know who's working the tables? Everybody's senior citizens. Over 60. All, all, Everybody's over all the way. So oh, no, seniors. I, 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 I always say like like seniors literally keep our uh, keep our democracy going because go to any polling place on Election Day anywhere in the country. And it is seniors who are keeping the entire infrastructure going. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, John, your Aunt Martha here, and I'll, I'll call back in the future. I got so worked up today about the gun thing in Wisconsin. Right I on. to my husband, I said, I said, I'm going to call into this radio show and go all Stephen in Kentucky on him. And my <laughs> husband looked at me and said, what are you talking about? I said, oh, I have so much for you to listen to. <laughs> right on. I hope Stephen's around and hears that. But anyway, John, 
whatever you you're right though but listen but listen there's another phone. thing to this there's another thing to this you know the word has to get out as to how much seniors have been helped by this administration i mean pe- people are saving millions of dollars in health care costs because of the prescription drug law we, we've now got hearing aids over the counter for the first time uh they they you know developed they they delivered what 750 million dollars in meals for older adults like biden has been doing a lot to build support among seniors a lot and again by focusing on health care if you're right wing you're right wing it's not going to matter in that regard but in your beautiful state of wisconsin i just look at the young people the young people who turned out in an off off year election to vote for the supreme court of your state (laughs) i know i'm not worried about wisconsin next year at all Yes, sir. Well, we're, we're in good hands right now with the Supreme Court switching, but I really could use your microphone to get this message out. I have no power, no money, but, you know, I'm, I'm pissed off and I'm old, yeah. and I want to <laughs> do something before I go to my grave, you know? So, so, so you, what do you want to do? You, are you looking to, get, to turn out the senior vote or to get more information yes. to senior voters? Yes, I want to see these people get out. I want to see them get some respect for all the work they've done. I want to see them empowered. And, you know, I, like, I want to, here's my fantasy, John. I'm going to win the lottery and I'm going to start an organization called OWL, Old White Ladies. <laughs> we're going to drive vans, we're going to drive vans around Milwaukee and give free rides to any young black man that needs to get to work or pick up his kids. Or go to school. I mean, I'm sick and tired. I'm, I'm Stephen. Oh my God, I'm channeling Stephen here. But I'm sick and tired of people Listen, saying I, love I it. can't do anything. I, I can't. I love do it, anything. but I, the only thing I would recommend changing make make it old, wonderful women because you know you if you're talking democracy, it's black women who save it every election, and you're going to need your black uh, women, Asian women, Latin women. Make it make yes, it old, sir. wonderful ladies. And honestly, Absolutely. one of the most important things to think about, and you might look into this yourself if you drive is uh, our seniors need rides on on election day there's a lot of seniors out there you're looking for a way to get old folks to have easier access to the polls a lot of them it's a question of mobility getting to the polling place so i mean check out in your neighborhood what kind of services and infrastructures there in terms of ride assists for people come election day there's lots of volunteer organizations lots of people are always in need to to help give rides and even if that's not the way you want to go martha it might lead you to what you want to find so check it out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm on it. Right I was on. the only one in Dunn County last year to, to offer rides to the polls. Oh, I love and, you. And God, stop. Like, I, I like, I like you too much already. I told you I'm your Aunt Martha. We were separated at birth. I'll call again. Uh, I'm hoping Stephen calls in and knows I channeled him tonight. I'm hoping Stephen calls in as well. He makes me he, he makes me feel alive. Thank you so much, Martha. It's really a pleasure to, to hear from you, and I'm glad you're listening. And uh, keep on listening. It's going to be a very interesting year and a half coming up until Election Day. I choose not to worry because another side wants us to worry. Um, When we come back, we're going to talk a bit about maternal mortality rates in the U.S., which are not where they should be, with Munifa Bandele, Senior Vice President at Moms Rising. This is Progress. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. 
The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hey everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on. Because you know I love it when you do. I'm John saying This is SiriusXM Progress. Maternal mortality rates in the U.S. are far ahead of other industrialized nations. Our maternal mortality rates are more than double those of countries like Canada, France, the U.K., Australia, and Germany. Mothers in the United States are dying right now at the highest rates in the developed world. Now, moms of all races face mental health challenges during pregnancy and after childbirth, but black moms are significantly more likely than white moms to suffer from perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. Close to 40% of black moms will suffer from postpartum depression, and that's more than double the rate for the general population. So we've seen these glaring racial disparities. And some big celebrities like Beyonce and Serena have told their stories about how even their childbirth was life-threatening. And of course, we all just saw what happened to U.S. Olympic track runner Tori Bowie, which really highlighted a devastating lack of support for black maternal health in the U.S. Well, Black Maternal Mental Health Week is July 19th through 25th. And I am so excited to welcome Monifa Bandele, who is Senior VP at Moms Rising, where she co-leads a national on-the-ground and online grassroots organization of more than a million people working to achieve economic security and justice for moms, women, and families. It's a great pleasure to welcome Monifa Bandele to SiriusXM. Hello. No problem. Can you hear me on the phone? I sure can. Thank you so much. Okay. Again, I, I, I was very, very pleased to have you because this is a problem that we've barely begun talking about. And these racial disparities in maternal health have persisted. And it seems like they're getting worse. We now hear the number of women who die giving birth in the U.S. has more than doubled in the last two decades. Yeah, it's really uh, an issue that has been terrible for decades. You know, it's been on the rise. So whereas other countries around the world, and not just wealthy countries, even countries that are so-called third world countries, the maternal mortality rate is, in, um, you know, maternal health outcomes are improving. Not only are we the worst in the developed world, but we're also the only place where the maternal health outcomes are decreasing. And so these are the really uh, sad part is that even the CDC reports that upwards to 70 percent of the maternal death uh, that occur in the United States are totally preventable. You know, these are things like postpartum hemorrhaging. Um, yes. What we're going to talk about, which was it's, which is maternal mental health, which also claims the lives of far too many moms. And it has to do with neglect. It has to do with racial 
it has to do with racism throughout the health delivery and healthcare system. Um, it has to do with so many different things. And here's a stat that I love to share with people because they like to say that there's something behavioral about black women that is causing yes. this disparity in maternal health outcomes. And actually, when you look at it, regardless of income, education, other health issues, black women still fare worse, still two times worse than white women, overall three to five times worse than white women when it mm -hmm. comes to maternal health outcomes, that in fact a black woman with a college education is more likely to die during childbirth than a white woman with less than a high school education. So this oh. is one of those things where when people want to throw out, oh, it's about class and it's about poverty, it's about people not having access. No, it's that and it's compounded by just 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 uh, blatant racism that exists throughout the healthcare system. I mean, it's systemic. It's right there. The numbers don't lie. And I want to ask you about why is it? that women of color who have pregnancy issues or postpartum mental health issues, why is it so much harder for them to get the care they need to recover? Is it just a lack of access or is it something even worse? Yeah, it's a combination of things. Definitely access is an issue. One of the things we're fighting for at Moms Rising is what we call postpartum Medicaid expansion. Right. To make sure yes. that moms, after you give birth, are able to have health care, health care access up to one year. Right now, depending on what state you live in, it could be a few months. It could be a few weeks. So, yes, that ongoing access, both prenatal and postnatal, is very important. But also it is really is the treatment that black women face when we enter into the hospitals. You know, if anyone can pull up, you, I'm glad you called their names, Serena Williams. Beyonce. Yes. I mean, these are people who definitely don't have issues with accessing the best health care that there is. But when Serena tells her story, she says, I'm telling my health care providers that something's really wrong, that I need to get a, a, a CAT scan. And they ignore her. You know, she basically yep. had to go to bat like she does at Wimbledon um, in order to get the life saving test that she needed and it was she was right that her that her life was in danger in that moment now mm -hmm. most people can't do that right they're waiting they're calling a nurse they're calling a doctor and they're and and yeah. and then they have tragic outcomes like with kira johnson a woman in california again didn't have a didn't have an issue with accessing the best health care right but was right. treated poorly in the hospitals that are supposed to give the best health care so that's part of the issue. And the second thing I want to talk about is just our community birthing practices have been suppressed. I was talking to my mother the other day, and she talked about how she and her mom were all delivered by midwives in, 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 in South Texas. And that this woman, Mary Clark, had successful births all the time, right? I mean, you know, they weren't experiencing the tragedies that we're experiencing now. Now, through this the Great Migration, my mom, who gave birth to my brother and I in the 70s in New York, she had two C-sections. All her friends had C-sections. All her of them, Her right? siblings, all of them had C-sections. Mm -hmm. Then mm -hmm. you go to my generation. I had C-sections, you know, in the early 2000s. And so this medicalization of 
giving birth in this country also puts black women in danger because one, we're not in the community setting with people who understand us, who are listening to us, who know our needs, you know, who, who can tell the signs of danger and believe us in that moment and act. Absolutely. It's incredible to see how the overall maternal mortality rates totally spiked during the pandemic. I mean, maternal deaths in this country went 40 percent uh, from two, from 2020 to 2021, like like 40 percent rise. And for black women, it was significantly higher. Sixty nine point nine deaths per 100,000 live births. And it seems like in so many of these cases, mental illness is an even greater threat because it is a demon that hides from us. It is something that we are socialized to pretend isn't there, that we are socialized to neglect. And of course, a lot of these women are women who already have their own kids. They already have kids. They're already moms. And they may feel like they don't have permission to seek mental health care when there's multiple children and a new baby there. In addition to the stigma that black women face and really all women face when it comes to mental health issues, right, maternal mental health, we live in a society where it's it's really taboo to seek out care. But for black women specifically, when you're pregnant, there's also the fear of child protective services. We have to understand that That's black right. mothers right. are criminalized when we need help. When we need care, you know, if we're having a mental health issue, if we're experiencing substance abuse issues, it is not something like you can go openly like other women and seek appropriate care. So there's the stigma. There's also the criminalization. And then, of course, there's the access issue. Right. Can yeah. you find and can you pay for the mental health services that you need? And so the combination of those three things is how we see this spike in tragedies with a pandemic on top of it. And again, this is all happening here in the first world. The CDC said that from 2017 to 2019, that 84% of maternal deaths were preventable. So this takes us to what can the government do? And I know you're a fan of the Black Maternal Health Momnibus Act, which is really awesome. Can you tell us a bit about this? It's, it's, it's 13 different bills wrapped together to try to take on the maternal mortality crisis in our country. Yes, I want to just repeat something you said in the previous sec segment because I was Please. listening about black women in democracy, right? Please do, and how yes. black women many times are at the forefront of the innovations that we need to 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 get closer to the aspiration of being a democracy or closer to the aspiration of having a real public health system. And so we have two amazing black women in Congress, Representative Underwood and Representative Adams who have introduced this Black Maternal Health Momnibus, which last year had 12 bills, this year it has 14 bills, and it really gets at the root of all of the issues we just talked about, everything from access, everything from mental health care, everything from attacking the biases that happen, everything from holding hospitals and practitioners accountable. They've kind of created this omnibus, right, for moms, that really came close to passing last year, uh -huh. by the way. It yeah. was wrapped up in the Build Back Better package. The Momnibus was in there. And as we know, that entire piece of legislation lost by one, one vote. vote. Mm -hmm. So we were really close to kind of turning the ship on this. And now we're still in a place where we're building momentum. The specific bill that we've been fighting for this week, you know, like you said, this is Black Maternal Mental Health Week. Yes. is the Moms Matter Act. 
you know, and that would establish grants programs for states, two of them, where they can tap into, you know, a, a pool of money to provide services for women with, throughout the whole perinatal experience to access specifically mental health care and also to make sure that states remove barriers like the stigma, but also making sure that people are not criminalized because they're having a mental health issue. That's right, exactly. I, I believe of the 13 bills that made up the, the Momnibus, um, which had like 187 co-sponsors in the House, but it was only Democrats who supported it. But my understanding is the Moms Matter Act is the only one of the 13 that actually got any bipartisan support. Yes, and it's one that we're really hoping that we can move now. It's bipartisan. It impacts, they all impact everyone, by the way. And I think you stated it earlier, you know, even aside from what is happening with black women and maternal health in this country, we have to understand that even white women have very poor maternal health outcomes compared to other white women across the world. I want everyone to hear that very clearly, right? This is not uh, an issue that is isolated. It's just that it's compounded by racism that black women have these three to five times more likely to die during childbirth than our white counterparts. But even if you don't care about that, you should be upset that in this country that all women are really having these these poor outcomes. But we're hoping that we can push the Moms Matter Act through. Mental health overall has really risen on the radar. We're having a crisis with our youth, as as, um, I've heard people talk about in schools, the pandemic has definitely exacerbated that. And so we're hoping that we can really push this one along, the Moms Matter Act, to establish maternal mental health uh, equity grants that local communities can get their state to access to put programs that will help us. Do you find that women are more receptive to asking for help with mental health care than men? Yeah, studies actually show that. Definitely in the black community, but I think across the board, women are more likely to seek help. And I really think this criminalization piece is important because black women are also more likely to have our children removed from our home, from child protective services, from things like being poor, right? Maybe not having enough, not having electricity on or having enough access to food instead of getting money, right, or giving the resources to make the home appropriate, children are removed. And then of course, with mental health issues, with substance use disorders, we see all of these uh, areas where we we tend to see other women getting care, black women will be criminalized. And so if we can really push through access to um, maternal mental health that is clearly safe, you know, it has to be accessible, but it has to be safe, then I think we can see a difference. And the co-sponsors here are, I'm in New York, uh, Senator Gillibrand is the Senate sponsor, and Representative Rochester in Delaware is the House sponsor. But as you stated, there's already Republicans on this bill. Yeah. So my closing question, what what's giving you hope? What's giving me hope right now is that I'm a mom of two young women who are excited, also rolling up their sleeves, um, being very active on all these issues. Um, you could be very discouraged right now because I'm looking at the reproductive health care access that my mom had, who's a grandmother, versus my children who late teen young adults have currently. And we've clearly rolled back. But 
what was said by the in the previous segment, actually, what I see is a heightened level of activity of, of my, my children and their peers. They are voting at higher rates. They are turning out on issues, whether it's gun violence, access to reproductive health care. I believe that the children are all right. We've got to do better by them, of course. Um, but they are really what's giving me hope right now. Monifa Bandele is Senior VP at Moms Rising. What is the best way for our listeners to keep up with you and follow your work and get involved? Thank you. I hope all, all of your listeners can share your stories. Moms Rising is famous for showing up to hearings in the Senate and having moms, real moms tell their stories to back up this data. So go to our platform, momsrising.org. You can share your story right on our website. Follow us on all social media platforms at, at Moms Rising. Thank you for all you do, and thank you for joining us, and I'm so glad we were able to speak with you. Thanks for being so flexible with your phone. We've got to take a quick break. We'll be right back with your calls. It's going to be an open hour, joined by comedian Rhonda Hansom at 866-997-GRIT. We have a lot of headlines to make fun of. This is Progress. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available... On digital, Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I'm John Fuglesang. This is Progress. Hey, really quick. This heat, I know, it's horrific. More than half of us are under some kind of heat advisory right now. Here's the mayor of Phoenix, which has had temperatures over 110 degrees, I think, every day this month. Mayor Kate Gallego telling Face the Nation how her city is handling the record-breaking stretches of temperatures above 110. And I mean, it's above 110 every day. People have stopped using their air conditioners because they're terrified of what the bill's going to look like. Here's Mayor Kate Gallego. We have to be innovative, and that is the Phoenix way. We build for extreme temperatures in the summer so that we've made infrastructure investments that help us get out of these challenges. But this summer has, has set some tough records. I talk to a lot of mayors because I'm from a city that's known for heat. And sometimes when they have what's for them unusual heat, we can provide useful advice. We are looking at the building materials we choose so that we can maintain less heat and hopefully cool more at night. That's a change that can help long term. We've made some real changes with our fire department and other responders to be more sustainable. And then we've set up a permanent office in the city of Phoenix. I believe I was the first mayor to do so that just focuses on heat response so that when we have good ideas, people know where to go. Meanwhile, in Columbia, South Carolina, former governor and friend of this show, Chris Christie, 
I guess I got to say that. Uh, he here he is attempting to explain to a Republican audience why American companies are reluctant to do anything about an obviously, clearly, scientifically proven worsening climate crisis. This is part of the problem. I think that the core of the climate change problem in America is that we feel like we're being treated unfairly and that Americans won't unilaterally disarm. They're going to say, okay, the Chinese are going to do all this stuff. They're going to get an advantage on us. We've got to compete with them. So part of what the next president's job is going to be, in fact, I think the biggest part of the next president's job is going to be the relationship with China. If we don't get that right, there are going to be ramifications for climate. There are going to be military ramifications. There are going to be technological ramifications. There are going to be educational ramifications that we can't conceive of as we sit here tonight. But we know it's going to happen if we don't engage them in a way that makes them understand. You got that? That's Chris Christie really, really wanting to tell the truth to a Republican audience in South Carolina about climate, but settling for implying it's all China's fault and they won't listen to us. (laughs) Dude, it's all your party's fault. And they won't listen to science. I guess I got to talk about Trump a little bit. Um, Donald Trump's losing it. I, I submit to you, who do you think is having the greater public breakdown this summer? Elon Musk or Donald Trump? He was very busy on Filth Social last night. Freaking out about the DOJ. He uh, he labeled charges brought against him by Jack Smith and Merrick Garland as prosecutorial misconduct and election interference. He wrote, Do you think that A.G. Garland and deranged Jack Smith understand we are in the middle of a major political campaign for President of the United States? Have they looked at recent poll numbers? Why didn't they bring these ridiculous charges years before? Why bring them now? (laughs) Prosecutorial misconduct. Election interference. And the best part about that is, you know, Stephen Miller had to help him spell the word prosecutorial misconduct. He also criticized Biden uh, saying and the Democrats saying, do they understand the damage being done to America? It'll only get worse. We have to stop these monsters from destroying the country. Look, here's the deal. Um, If Donald Trump's trial, his second indictment uh, this year uh, for the classified documents, if that really begins on May 20th, he's going to be facing five trials three civil, two criminal, before Election Day of next year. That's if Jack Smith doesn't indict him for January 6th. That's if he's not indicted by the state of Georgia for his election interference there. I mean, if he does get... We're going to need a bigger calendar. But right now, the first Republican presidential debate is next month, August 23rd. This October, he's got to go to trial for the Trump Org civil fraud suit. Civil fraud suit. He's already had to pay over a million dollars in fines for the Trump Organization this year. And then January fifteenth is the Iowa caucuses, and that same day is E. Jean Carroll's civil defamation suit. He's already had to pay her five million in settlements this year. That's January fifteenth. January twenty ninth, he's going to have that pyramid scheme class action suit, and then March fifth is Super Tuesday. And 20 days later, his trial begins in New York State for the criminal hush money suit. And then May 20th will be the classified documents trial. And July 15th of next year will begin the Republican National Convention. Donnie, if you didn't want them prosecuting you for your crimes so close to a presidential campaign, you shouldn't have done. 
the goddamn crimes. We want to know what you guys think. We are at 866-997-4748. 866-997-GRIT. We're going to be joined very shortly by our good friend, comedian Rhonda Handsome. Let's get to the phone now before we do that, though, shall we? Let's go to Jeff in Illinois. Jeff, thanks so much for your patience on hold. Hello. Hey, John. Uh, of course, I want to start out with workingdogsforvets.org. Send them Thank some money. Electric bills are high. Right on. And I want to talk to you about our our strike that didn't happen at Yellow. Yes, please. Uh, last, last minute, the CEO of the company called up our international president and our freight executive saying that he promises he'll pay our back uh, health bills. And then, of course, they had to get hold of our our health care administrator and try to get them to make sure to uh, believe that he's going to pay him. So we didn't go on strike. But it's a victory, isn't it? I mean, this 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 makes yes. me crazy. We talked about this last week when you called. This wasn't like mm-hmm. the truckers asking for a higher salary or more benefits. This was literally like they were trying to get the benefits they were already owed. This is stuff that's already been paid yeah. for. And, and my and, God, you show the power of threatening to strike. Threatening to yeah. strike can make these businesses behave sometimes. Yeah. And, and John, like I was trying to tell everybody here when they were worried about paying their, getting their health insurance, I said, this company has to pay it. They have to pay our health insurance because of the ACA. If not, yep. they get fined more than what, that, what our health insurance costs. Yeah, but wouldn't it be great if so, the government was there to make sure that they paid it and you guys didn't have to threaten to strike and go through all this Michigan stress? Well, that was my question. I, I don't know why they didn't call, you know, get hold of Health and Human Services. Uh, in Illinois, we represent probably 25, 30% of all the state workers in my local. Wow. My local. Yeah, so, you know, we could have done something in Illinois very easily. But, yeah, but um, you know, but they, amazing. They, they went this, this way. Yeah. But, but, but again, yeah. thank God. Thank God the yeah. union got together. The members threatened to strike. The members were willing to go on strike and face all that hardship in this horrible heat. You know, I keep saying I wish Biden would just just threaten to nominate more Supreme Court justices to see if they'd back down. Because sometimes all you got to do is stand yeah. up for yourself to make the other guy back down. And God bless. Yellow did it. Yeah. 50 million in benefits. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, John, you know, I, I have to commend you on your knowledge of our plight of what happened, because you, you, had, you had all the basics in there as I tried to explain it. Oh, well, I and, mean, uh, but like, you, but like yeah. when, you, when you come to work at SiriusXM, the first thing you learn is, oh, my God, the truckers are a part of this community. The truckers are a part of the audience of every show. And I mm-hmm. learned the truckers are the most informed people, even some of the conservative ones, totally informed because they listen to so much radio and are, are, are listen to so many different kinds of news. And, of course, this channel should focus on organized labor. I sort of think if MSNBC and CNN were truly as liberal as we're told they are, they would have led with this. I didn't see a lot on national cable news about the strike. Did you? Oh, no, not on our strike. They're focused nope. on UPS. Yeah, but not on not on yellow. Yeah. And that was literally right. not about any kind of worker greed. It was getting the benefits that you would right. earn that were owed. And again, where is the media voice on this? The, 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 my biggest critique of the whole liberal media thing is that we, you, you don't see them standing up for labor. That's why I don't believe right. the media is really liberal. Uh, yeah, I don't either. Yeah, but, uh, more more liberal yep. than the Republicans, but you know, so are most elevated oh. societies. <laughs> John, I I work with a bunch of those guys. I I can't understand it. It's like, why would you vote against your own interest time after time? And I I you know always why. thought maybe you, know you were why. a little. Well, because they're brainwashed or... No, they because just whoever, wanna, whoever's you know. running hates yeah, yeah. the same people they hate. Whoever's running gets their yeah. vote by hating whoever they hate. It's moral and mental laziness. Right. That's how they do it. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's yeah, it's just it's just dumbfounds me, you know. I know. I would consider these people pretty, pretty smart and pretty reliable, you know. But then when you then when you talk to them, it's like, oh man, you don't like I abortions, know. don't have one. Yeah, it's simple. Or if you don't if you don't like abortions, why don't you adopt that baby that the that the mother probably can't take care of? Why don't you adopt them? Or just send oh, her yeah. the money and she'll take care of it. Oh, if no, you don't no, like abortion, do if you don't like abortion, why aren't you fighting for birth control in all the schools? If you don't like abortion, why aren't you fighting for birth? Con- I'm sorry, fight for sex ed to be free and fight for birth control to be free and more easily accessible. I mean, like, like, do you, if you're really anti-abortion, then try to prevent them. But we don't talk about preventing yeah. abortions. You know, abortion is not a problem. Abortion is a symptom. We fight over the symptom. We don't talk about the problem, which is unwanted pregnancies. Because, again, they get elected off this, Jeff. They get elected off of abortion because people pretend that's what is in the Bible. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I realize that. It's just that, uh, you know, I feel like I'm beating, well, I know I'm beating my head against the wall. So I, when, when stuff comes up, I usually just have to be quiet. No, don't do that. Try we to need contain your voice. myself. No, 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 listen, no. Give love and protect yourself. Don't take any shit. Don't bullshit. Tell the truth. Be very calm. And, and you know, whatever the issue is, right. I mean, you just, just I, I say to my Republican friends all the time, I think you deserve better leaders, <laughs> you know, yeah. or I'll say or I'll, or I'll say, would that then be conservative? Or I'll say, is that in the New Testament? I mean, like, just use their own logic against them. But don't don't silence yourself. Yeah. You can be respectful and state your opinion and state the well, facts and they will respect you even if they don't like what you say yeah well you could do i you could do it i can't because <laughs> i have no i have no fuse i'm on i'm like a i'm like a handgun that's, that's already cocked and ready to fire i know but i'm the same way listen <laughs> like, i'm the same way don't, just just breathe yeah. just breathe don't let yourself get angry that's that's the thing that i've had to work on so of course, right. you know, I say that through clenched teeth of rage, but you're doing a great, Jeff. And listen, congratulations. Com- Thank you command. for calling us to talk about the strike. Yeah. I'm so glad it worked out this way. This will not be a story people remember most of the mainstream media by the end of the year, but y'all did it. Y'all stood up and threatened to strike and yep. they backed down. It's thrilling to see. Thank you. Quick break. We'll be right back with the lovely and talented Rhonda Handsome and your calls. This is Progress. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
This is Sirius XM Progress, and I'm John Fugelsag. Thank you so much for joining us. We're getting the energy going over here. we got a great show coming up. Uh, right now, let us welcome back to the show one of our favorite comedians. Ms. Rhonda Handsome is a comic and a writer and a director and an actor. She's opened up for Anita Baker. She opened for Diana Ross. She opened for Aretha. She does great solo shows. You can catch her on Politipod, available on SoundCloud. Miss Rhonda Handsome, welcome back. I'm black, y'all. And thank God for that. How are you, Miss Handsome? It's so good to see you. I'm I'm really good, you know, considering the heat and the humidity. I'm doing well, John. I'm doing very well. And and I am still uh, experiencing the benefits of, of slavery. Oh, are you really? I had no idea. No. I, I, I've heard oh. that there's a lot of I heard there's a lot of good things about slavery. In addition to the free boat ride, uh, Ron DeSantis is Florida is really, really doing a lot of work to show us how much all the fringe benefits these people got. I mean, I, I had no idea what a great score it was. It, it really was a wonderful score, mostly for the enslavers. I mean, I mean, even after it was over, even after um, the, all the slaves were emancipated, the enslavers got reparations for the loss of their, uh, in quotes, property. property. Yeah. Uh, it, th- there really were a, a lot of tremendous benefits for them. It, it created an entire elite class that had nothing to do but drink mint juleps. I, 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 it, there really were quite a lot of benefits to it. I swear to God, Rhonda, I, I, I love a lot of white folks, a lot of conservative Southern white folks. I grew up around them. I, I, I will never understand this penchant that some really scared people have to desperately try to make it seem like slavery isn't as evil as we all thought. You know, I, I, I get honor thy mother and thy father, But what if your mother and father are scumbags? And what if your great-great-great-grandmother and grandfather were scumbags who owned people? I I always said, like, don't you believe in being better than the generations that came before? I wish I could have a time machine and bring these racists back to the Confederacy so they can see how much better they are than their own ancestors. But no, any excuse to try to play dumb about the Confederate flag or to, to just say slavery was somehow acceptable, they never fail to take it. They will take it. And the thing about it is slavery was much worse even than what is widely known and trying to be kept out of our schools. You know, the the, the horrors of it, you know, go beyond, you know, working from sunup to sundown for no money and and being uh, families being split. I mean, the atrocities uh, of just the physical atrocities alone that were inflicted upon on uh these chattel chattel it's oh, yeah. unbelievable and we cling to this mythology i, I it's it's very unfortunate that uh, this is looked at as heritage it's looked at oh, yeah. as uh, something positive that uh, some people really want to go back to they want of to course. go back to the way america was it's the south rise again <laughs> It's a little frightening. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and and again, you know, the the heritage, my God, I hate that word. Heritage has become a word to more or less say we have to honor our racist forebears because heritage. But here's what got me, Rhonda. The Tampa Bay Times, after Rhonda Santos's school board put this out last week, saying that they were going to teach that there were benefits to slavery, that some black people learned skills they could use 
you know, when they applied for jobs with other white people, with other white employers in the South. Um, But Tampa Bay Times did an investigation on it. And the state listed 16 names of people who they said are proof that slavery benefited black people. But when you actually look at who these 16 historical figures are, a lot of them weren't slaves. Uh, Louis Latimer, who Florida education officials said, here's an example. Uh, He said he was born to free, self-liberated parents in 1848 before he went on to be an inventor and helped with the development of the telephone. Uh, James Fortin who the state cited as a black entrepreneur. He was also born to free parents. Henry Blair, Paul Cuff, John Chavis, all people that Florida said were real examples of slaves whose lives were bettered because they learned skills. And it turns out the Tampa Bay Times found out, no, they were all born free. Like, they're literally just making shit up and wagging their dicks at the fact checkers. John, even those who were not born into freedom... The skills that they plied, the, 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 uh, all of their um, expertise that, that evolved, pro- was the profit went to the owner. The pe- whatever they did, they were, they were rented out, they were lent out to other people, you know, to, to, to do whatever they were incredibly skilled at, but very seldom were able to keep the money that was that the the profit for the, the enslavers. I know. Now, DeSantis last week was defending the new curriculum that is, again, in Florida, going to teach children how slaves benefited from slavery. This is really happening. Here is Governor Ron DeSantis now today passing the buck when they asked him to justify this reimagining of slavery by his own state's Board of Education. Well, you should talk to them about it. I mean, I didn't do it and I wasn't Pass involved in buck. it. Um, but I think um, I think what they're doing is I think that they're probably going to show um, some of the folks that eventually parlayed, uh, you know, being a blacksmith into into doing things later later in life. Um, but the reality is all of that is rooted in whatever is factual. They listed everything out. And if you have any questions about it, just ask the Department of Education. You can talk about those folks. But I mean, these were scholars who put that together. It was not anything that was um, that was done politically. Rhonda, 300 years 300 years of human beings being tortured, being mutilated, being sold, being worked to death, having families torn apart, rape, murder. But some of them could learn how to be a blacksmith and then go apply for a job elsewhere in the South with other white people after they were done with their. I mean, why not? I'm half waiting for them to say that they've replaced the word slave in Florida textbooks with unpaid intern. Well, they they will uh, uh, eventually. What really bothers me is that his first reaction was, humana, humana, I didn't do it, it wasn't me. I mean, this man has no spine, he has no sense of leadership. If he was really believing in this, he should have his facts at the ready whenever anybody comes up to him instead of, you know, looking over his shoulder going, oh, talk to the guy behind me or the the Mm -hmm. person at the desk. (laughs) it's disgusting it it really is so sad by the way i kind of want to use their their little you know argument when they're defending voter id well you liberals you think black people are too dumb to get ids you you know like oh y'all think people couldn't learn life skills on their own unless they were slaves ron really i mean like i don't know who these people expect to vote for them anymore Rhonda. it's like they keep running so far to the right to compete with donald trump 
And all they're doing is guaranteeing that non-white people and women and young people are disgusted. Well, I mean, that's an amazing feat to run to the right of Donald Trump in the first place. And they do it without without saying that he's the name that must not be spoken, it seems like, even when they're trying to run to his right. And Mm. uh, unfortunately, I do think there is a pool. There is a uh, a really unfortunate gene pool of people who want to hear what he has to say, what DeSantis has has to say and want to believe it and cheer it on. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, I, I, I guess Ron DeSantis believes slavery taught people valuable job skills. I believe Ron running for president will give him valuable job skills when he winds up just being a fucking lobbyist. Rhonda, we have a lot of people who want to weigh in and talk about the issues of the day. Are you ready to face the evil army of the night? I want the army. Bring it on. Bring it on. We are at 866-997-4748. Stephen in Kentucky. Welcome, superstar. You're back on SiriusXM. Hello. How are you this evening? Very good. How are you? I wanted to uh, mention to... uh, Rhonda, hello. How are you, dear? How are you doing this evening, too? Great to hear you, Stephen. Well, it's good to hear you, too, dear. Uh, I wanted to mention um, Martha from uh, Wisconsin. That was so yes. sweet what she said earlier. I appreciate her remarks. I really do. Um, Me, too. And thank you so much. I wanted to uh, concur with Rhonda, what she was saying about DeSantis. I was watching the news. I've been trying to avoid it a little bit, you know, with all the Trump tantrums and everything else. But, you know, I was listening to this man talk and he's around the same age as I am, and apparently he has Italian descent as I do, too. And I was thinking to myself, okay, first of all, is this real? I mean, the fact is he's talking about benefits of slavery when we're supposed to be living in a free country, and yet this bastard wants to sit there and go on about this. The fact is knowledge is power, uh, Governor DeSantis, it is. And the Mm -hmm. fact is blacksmith, really? How How many blacksmiths do we have today in contemporary society to begin with, number one? Mm. And number two, the fact is that... Holding other people down because you are afraid of diversity and difference is not freedom. It's they don't view it that way, Stephen. They don't view it that way. They view diversity well, they, and equity as being racism in itself. They view doing anything to counterbalance the historic racism of this country, anything to balance the scales, anything to somehow, to somehow, I wouldn't use the word reparations, but anything to somehow make it right is what threatens our modern racists. That's why affirmative action, this scares them. Uh, Something to have a bit of historical redress, well, no. I mean, all that affirmative action ruling did was just say, you don't have to do anything to let black students into your schools. That's all it was about. It wasn't about Asian kids. It, it, It certainly wasn't about affirmative action, because affirmative action for mediocre white people legacy admissions is still in place. It was just designed to say, schools, you don't have to let black folks in. That's all it was. Well, the the problem with this is, though, and I think this is the time that we need to start driving this home to people, because it's always been there, but we never really have talked about it as much, it seems like our leadership at least has not done that, and that is, this is domestic terrorism. And the fact is, 
them talking about January the 6th, you know, uh, DeSantis and Pence getting up there, oh, well, I don't think Donald Trump committed a crime. Oh, yeah. really? Domestic yeah. terrorism is not a crime. Tying these two things in together and making them feel so ashamed that they can't even go out of their home anymore without people, without people harassing them, maybe this is the time for us to start turning it around on them. Because like I said the other night, it's like a wasp. You take the stinger out of the wasp, and guess what? The wasp is powerless at that point. Mm. And maybe that's what we start, need to start doing with these people, because I tell you, listening to them talk, and they need, first of all, they're the ones who, every time there's a school shooting, what do they say? The standard chorus is, well, we need mental health care reform. Yeah. Well, like you just said a few moments ago, John, they want to keep this going because... We, we, I think what we need to start doing, and I know maybe this sounds a bit naive to some people, I'm, I apologize if it does, but the fact is, we need to really start saying to these individuals, why do you feel this way? Challenge them on this. And, you know, I'd love to hear, I would love to hear this, because the fact is, <laughs> the fact is, why do they want to keep this going? It's about greed, of course. Right. But at the same time... There's a lot of us out here, especially these young kids today, that when you see a lot of these polls, a lot of them are tired of racism and classism and sexism, and they mean, want to be able to deal with climate change and global yeah. warming, these issues. And okay. the fact is, if we start to challenge these individuals, and because uh, I'd love to hear what their explanation but is. Stephen, you're saying to challenge them. You, you were absolutely right when you said this is domestic terrorism, which is yeah. an American tradition, Stephen. It, yeah. it, has, it has been um, codified uh, either by law or by tradition, and, and mm. uh, the, the, it, it has been consistent throughout the the entire lifetime of the country. It's and Stephen, I, terrorism. I, I've got I've got to run, but I just want to say, on behalf of Republican wasps, you'll 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 get our stingers when you pull them from our cold dead hands. Well, John, can I say one more thing before I go? Please. Because yes. I think one thing, uh, the undercurrent of this is organized religion, and we never deal with organized religion's influence on discrimination in this country. I agree. And I, think I, if, I agree. If we were if we were to start doing that, that's how you really have to attack this. Because every time I've heard somebody talk about, let's deal with this problem, they never want to deal with it. Either it's out of ignorance, yeah. or it's out of fear, or I perhaps agree. maybe it's a combination of both. I don't know. Hey, Stephen, God bless. Thank you for the call, man. You, you always bring it. I appreciate it so much. Whew. Rhonda, let's go to the phones. We're at 866-997-4748. Paul in Jersey. Welcome. You're on SiriusXM. Hey, John. Hey, Rhonda. How's it going? Hey, how are you? Good, good. Very good. Good. No, I just—I was just saying. I mean, they want to replace uh, critical race theory with idiot race theory. <laughs> no, they want to crit They want to. They want to replace it with uncritical of racist theory. That's what they want. Uncritical of Seriously. racism. Uncritical of racists. Yeah. No, I mean it's it's ridiculous. I mean the the. Um, the State of the Union, the, the response that that Smokey um, that Smokey that, that, that I brought. <laughs> they want to talk about historical race theory, but wants to talk about how a black girl, you know, defied uh, defied uh, going to school or so defied, you know, like break the the the, the masses of going in, going into a uh, going to a school, and it's like 
And then you have this guy who's like, oh, don't, don't talk about, you know, uh, about the the, horror, the, the horrors of, of slavery and everything. But they learned a lesson. Yeah. They learned something. Yeah. I mean, like it's just so disgraceful. They can't. They just no, can't I mean, stop. They just can't stop. I, like I said to Rhonda before, I, I'm waiting for them to sit, talk about the free boat ride the slaves never thanked anybody for. Like, they just they can't stop defending these white supremacist traitors. They can't stop waving their white supremacist treason flag. They are more loyal to dead racists than they are to living truths. And, John, they have momentum now. Hang on, have- Rhonda. Rhonda, go ahead. They have momentum now. It really is as far as being able to express themselves freely and feel like they can say anything that they want to because there are no repercussions for it. It's true. I'm glad you said something like that, Rhonda. Paul, um, go ahead. I had 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 a thing. I had an argument with somebody, and they were telling me about slavery and all this other stuff, right? And then again, they were telling me that apparently the first slave owner was a black guy. Yeah, I hear that all the time. Like, all the time. Oh, you know, right? blacks did. Africans were part of the slave trade, you know. Blacks <laughs> traded slaves, too. So it's okay. Uh, we don't. It's like, dude, no one's asking you to feel bad. They can't stop no. defending dead slave owners, though. Like, they can't stop revealing their loyalty. They are biased towards slavery. They are biased towards defending the institution. They'll find so many. You, you ever get this? Oh, you ever get this, yeah. Paul? You ever get the guys who say, well, you know, if Lincoln hadn't had the war, it would have been phased out eventually. I mean, they would have phased yeah. out. I, I love that. I love. I get it every day, and I'm like, oh, really? How many more years, white guy, would it have been acceptable for you for slavery to continue? One year? Into oh, the no. 1920s? I got, I got I got the one that, oh, they didn't know how to behave in, 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 in Africa, so we brought them over here to teach you oh. how to behave in a society. God. There's Wow. Well, you, you hang out with more racists than I do, way. sir. You hang out with a lower caliber of racist than I do. That's all I can say. No, I do. I argue with them. I argue with a lot of oh, them. I, I, God I, bless you for it, Rhonda. <laughs> seriously, these people just, are horrible. These people are horrible. The mentality is horrible. They don't. They, Rhonda, they have, do you understand? Do you understand, Rhonda, that some white guys are deeply embarrassed by this? I'm so tired of shaking I, my head over these white. I just look at these I Caucasians so. and I say, "You people." Uh, a lot, a lot of, a lot of Americans don't even accept the fact that uh, the early people who came here were miscreants, malcontents, Correct. and Correct. really people who were not wanted where they were, and uh, and they and they want to push this off onto blocks, onto slaves, mm-hmm. and to and to hold onto some hierarchy that. Uh, that really has no no place in today's world, John. No place uh, in today's world. Paul, thank you so much for the call. Don't be a stranger. I want to get to everybody tonight. Let me go to Charles in Massachusetts. Hi, Charles. Welcome. Oh, it's Charles in Miami. I'm sorry. I thought it was Charles yeah. in Massachusetts. I'm so sorry. I read the... I, there's a, Do I live in Massachusetts? No. You know what? They always put on the screen M-A, and I thought it said M-A, but it's M-I-A. So that's my fault. Okay. I got to get new glasses. What's on your mind? I mean, it still might be better. Than, I mean, I might have a better governor than the one I got now. So I'm <laughs> gonna, I, you might be doing me a favor. <laughs> you know? What's on your mind tonight, sir? Um, you said something earlier about, um, you know, uh, the, the Republicans and the Democrats allowing, uh, uh, you know, um, business owners to hire illegal. illegal. Mm-hmm. You were saying that. We're, you know, our own, well, what we're addicted to, I guess, is exploited. 
Yeah. Exploited labor. Exploited right. labor is is the backbone of this country. First through slavery, uh, then through, of course, the exploitation of Chinese railroad workers, women, marginalized peoples, and uh, today undocumented prisoners. workers and also outsourcing. Exploiting the work of prisoners. Yeah. Prisoner la- prison labor today. Yeah. I mean, my God. And I, like like we say, we we never got rid of slavery. We outsourced it to other countries. So yeah, it's 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 the backbone of our economy is exploiting labor, usually the labor of marginalized or brown people. Every century of well, a country's I, existence. I, I would say that they're more addicted to me to exploit their wages. Tell me. Or or actually slave wages, paying people uh-huh. slave wages. I, I, um, and I think that's why the Republicans. I mean, I'm sorry, and the Dem, that's why the Democrats are sort of in the same boat with them. Because, yes. of course, a long time ago, you know, we could have done something about this. Yes. But we're not doing anything about it because uh, there, there's some level of corruption in, in between both parties. And, and I think it's the moderates that's got, uh, I hate to say it, the Democratic moderates, that's, that's got a lot to do with They don't want. Yeah, I know. I know. You know they don't want the rock of the, of the boat. I but, know. These and, and again, yeah. these Democratic moderates. God bless. I understand all their arguments, but voters want boldness, and this country needs boldness now. Well, I, I think we lost our power. Um, uh, I, I think when it was when it's power memo, yeah. and uh, when they started saying that money is speech, they cut the regular man out. And That's I it. think that was the difference between the Republican Party being aggressive and not caring about what the voters really want, because even some of the issues that you could tell that both parties, I mean, you know, the both voters want, you know, it's, um, you may have a majority of Democrats that want it, but you may also have a plurality of uh, Republicans that want certain things, you know, and the, our voices are ignored because of these billionaires and all yeah. the money that they're funding into these campaigns. And I think that's where I think we actually lost our voice. And I got a question for you, John. I'm not yes, a sir. white man. I don't live in no. a white family, so I, I wouldn't know. Okay. But I'm asking you. Okay. It's been, it's been in the back of my mind for years. But okay. what is it? What is it that regular white people in this country, I don't care what um, um, you know, side of the eye you are, but okay. I think they sort of look up to some of these races because some of these oh, yeah. races, uh, and I hate to say it that way, but, but understand what I'm trying to say. I think they sort of look up to them like they're going to defend us. That's it. Because there's at some point some divide where um, <clears throat> they think, you know, some black people are just too dangerous. They, yeah, that's it. Too, go go um, watch go watch the Jason Aldean video. That I mean, it's all there right there. It's all the white fragility, the paranoia of a swarthy straw man somehow out there. And so, yeah, Donald Trump comes out there and says, the only thing protecting you from them is me. Which is bullshit. It's literally, like most Trump things, the opposite, because Trump is literally using his voters as his human shield. That's the first time someone's run for president to keep his bloated ass out of jail. Rhonda? Well, you know, what bothers me is all of these politicians are acting like the whole world is in, in an upheaval. I mean, I think Greece is burning now, and yeah. uh, Israel has been on fire for the last three months. France is on fire, and they're acting like they don't want to do anything 
to keep that from happening here. I think that they're acting like we're going to push and push and push until this powder keg explodes right here in the United States. But I just saw the video of um, what happened on July 4th with that truck driver. I don't know if you saw it in Ohio. They had uh-huh. a police chase. Oh, the, yes, the yes. The truck driver stepped out the car. I mean, out the, out the truck with his hands up. Yeah. And they still let the dog loose on him. They let the dog loose on him, and it's terrifying. And he called the police, and he's, he literally called 911, and he goes, I don't know why they're doing this. I, I didn't do it. They won't tell me what I did wrong. I mean, I guess, like I'm asking you, I, I'm, I go back to the same thing. So is it that, um, you know, you have these white people that are so scared of black people that, you know, the Republicans can just turn around and, and any of these campaigns and say, well, you know, yeah. um, like Donald Trump is saying, just like you said, you know, yeah. if, you know, they, they they're trying to get to what, what they're saying is they're trying to get to um, to you by getting to me. That's yeah. And, and, That's it. And, and, and people <laughs> just fall for this. I mean. Yes. Listen, haven't you noticed by now how easy it is to manipulate a certain kind of white person? (laughs) I mean, just reinforce their prejudices and don't be like a liberal. Liberals make them feel bad for their prejudices. Come out there and be a big, strong, powerful, successful white man who has the same prejudices and validates them. And oh, my God, they will follow you to the gates of hell and beat cops with American flags on the steps. I got to run, Charles, but God bless you. Thank you so much for calling. Uh, Let's go to uh, Susan in Pennsylvania. Susan, thanks very much. You're on Sirius XM with me and Rhonda Handsome. Hello, folks. Hello. Uh, yeah, so look, I, I, I feel bad for Ron DeSantis. Tell me. Because he didn't, he didn't get an opportunity to be enslaved and get the benefits. You're so of, right. Of them, like, so I think You're maybe so there's right. still time for his children. His children may be able to uh, take advantage of that. I don't know, maybe really he could point. ship them to Africa. Yeah, actually, yeah, no. I kind of like this idea. I think we should talk about, or even just Ron and his wife. I mean, what what would a couple of years of indentured servitude on a hot plantation do for his work skills? I mean, think about it. Exactly. I think Ron DeSantis' exactly. cotton-picking skills probably could use some practice. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Number two, and this might come Rhonda, I'm walking a line on this. You can jump in any time if I'm being <laughs> fucked up. I kind of I like her idea. <laughs> But number two, I don't know why I've been thinking of this for a long time. I would like to see Gone with the Wind, uh, re, um, what's the word I'm looking for, a remake. Yeah. But I'd like to see all white people in the fields with bloody fingers and living in shacks and being whipped. And i just like to see it that way and, and see what but people then, would but, think but, but, about but, but, but you still want to have the, the plantation owners be white as well, right? Oh, definitely. Oh, sure. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I just want to say because it's not fair. I mean, we should all have had those benefits, you know. But anyway, it was a movie part that I really wanted to um, uh, really see remake of. I, 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 I'm, uh, I'm with you. I I think I, I happen to think Gone with the Wind is the worst movie ever made. Um, I, th- I think a lot of of white people think that if blacks have real equality. I'm not talking about equity. I'm talking about real uh, equality as human beings on a level playing field, that there would be a sense of retribution that they are so frightened of that they have Mm -hmm. to cling to their sense of superiority. So So true. Yes. 
Well, you know, let, let's let's go back. I mean, we don't want anybody to come to this country except white people, but yet we killed millions of Indians to take over their land. We yeah. haven't helped them out at all. We bring yeah. black people over here to do the dirty work. And we've made a lot of progress, and now the white people that are in the politics are turning it all back. They don't want gays, they don't want blacks, they don't want Not brown. all of them, not all they, of them, the conservative white people in the politics. Let's be fair, there's plenty of Caucasians in the Democratic sure. Party who are working very hard for justice and equality and, and to call these people out. But I, I get what you're saying, and again, it's how it's always been. It's the xenophobia. It's the lazy racism. It's the people who think, how can I possibly yeah. be racist if I watch Steve Harvey on TV? You know, and, and again... It's the policies that they endorse. But Ron, Susan, how do we fight this without it becoming a civil war? How do how do we how do we work against this? The only thing we can do is get just more people that feel the way that we do, and that's very hard. There's people that well, don't we can also like ridicule them. We can ridicule coming we, out. You know, we can ridicule them. We can use social media. We can get more people to vote. And again. At some point, they're going to die off anyway, because young people yeah. don't go for this shit. And young people are going to save our democracy, too. You don't think so, Rhonda? Well, no, I don't believe that, John. I think that young people are being uh, inculcated with the American dream, the American idea of, of the superiority of their of their type, of their clan. Some and are. They, and they are being... They're giving certain privileges which enable them to enter into the fields of of every yes. endeavor where they can continue these practices, John. I, I don't I I'm sorry, I don't have faith in the young people just saying, OK, it, it's time for. And for see, I have inc I have incredible faith. And again, I'm just an awkward, lame white guy, but I have incredible faith that every generation becomes more decent and somewhat less shitty than the one that came before. And the stuff well, that got worked a couple decades ago won't work now. The kind of racism that flew when I was a kid, you can't get away with in public schools now. I have to believe that that as bad as it all is, that. Look, this stuff doesn't help. Beating up on trans kids, beating up on, on migrants, this kind of stuff that like works in the Republican primaries, it doesn't work in a general election. The Republicans have lost big yeah. three in a row because this stuff only sells in the bubble, not outside. The rest of the bubble, the rest of the world in the 21st them, century. John, because they are here for the duration. They have gotten judges in. They have gotten... Um, laws mm -hmm. passed that they have yeah. been fighting for for decades. I no, mean, right. they they don't yeah. care. Sickening. Susan, thank you so much the for the call. The only thing we could do is do, do more voting and hopefully convince more people to feel the way we do. Otherwise... That's that's Take it. But keep on voting. Keep on posting. Keep on writing letters to the editor, calling radio shows, getting young people to vote, getting people who don't believe in democracy to show up on Election Day. That's what we can do because there are more of us. Thank you so much, Susan. We gotta go. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Thea. I'm John Fugelson. Keep it tuned to Sirius XM Progress. Peace. <laughs>